Business Tech Weekly, podcast episode number 65. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week giving you the latest and greatest as far as it comes to the news that you need to use in your small to medium-sized business as it relates to technology tools to help you to become more profitable, proficient, productive in everything that you do. I don't know. That sounds close enough. (laughs) <laughs> you got it all in there and you, you had some line in there that was new this week Did and I? uh i got yeah i mean it's something that I don't, it rhymed so we got i think that's that's a t-shirt waiting to happen the news so, you can use that's what it was the yes news you, it sounds sort of like something clark kent would say but <laughs> anyway <laughs> folks we are delighted to be here we want you to stick around at the end of the episode uh where we're going to have a very special announcement about the future of business tech weekly as far as the access to each episode I was waiting. Uh, I was waiting to get canned. I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you going to fire me?" You didn't get that memo. I sent it over. Uh, the future of uh, yeah. Anyway, I sent that certified letter. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. There's a postman at my door. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, we are we are excited because uh, we do have an announcement about uh, the future of uh, of our GSPN.TV Plus membership here, and also your ability to get episodes each and every week. So. Uh, stay tuned for that at the end of the show. However, because Andy does have an appointment in 53 minutes from right now as we're recording this, and the fact that now that I'm looking at the right show notes for the right show, I, I must be in complete agreement with Andy. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. So let's just jump right into it, my friend, and talk about Google Voice number porting. Tell me about it. Well, it's as if folks have listened to the show before, I think in our first 10 episodes, maybe we did a pretty thorough uh, review of Google Voice. I've given out hundreds of a, a tutorial that I made on Google Voice. It's just a really phenomenal tool, but it's confusing to a lot of people. So let's listen to the back episodes if you want. But the primary problem for a lot of people with Google Voice is to use the service, you've had to you get a new number, which was exclusive for a while, and they opened it up. And now they have number porting. So you can move your number that you currently have with another service and make it your Google Voice number. Use it with the Google Voice service. So if you've been waiting to use the service for that reason, or if you want to move your number from a device you have now or a service you have now, then it's a $20 one-time charge. And uh, they're rolling it out, as Google does with a lot of things, so it's not publicly available. But you may, if you log into a Google Voice account, you may see that option somewhere. But we've got a link in the show notes uh, article from TechCrunch showing some screenshots and and uh, just something that uh, that some folks might might want to use for their biz. Very cool. I have a question for you or, or a comment on that because I'm sitting here thinking it's like, man, that would have been nice to have when I first signed up for Google Voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now I, I've you know I my business cards have my cell phone number on them, and uh-huh. I and of course they're the same business cards I've had forever. Uh, since I started this business, and uh, and then since then I've used Google Voice, and I, I try to use Google Voice as my main number now, and mm-hmm. and now there's no question in my mind that pretty much everybody that I would want to contact me now has my Google Voice number. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like I don't know. I, I guess I guess uh, you know I'm getting ready to do some new business cards. I don't know if you saw my new avatar. My new young, I did. younger, I did. Thin, my new younger, thinner self. Yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm getting ready to update my business cards, and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do here? Should should I put the Google Voice number on there, or should I put the should I keep the other number and port it over? Uh, I well, don't know. can I tell you what I what I do because I can control my access through Google Voice uh, so powerfully and so easily. You know, i.e., I want to take three days off and I want my phone to ring, I can send everybody to voicemail, uh, you know, or, or I can actually uh, let certain people in and uh, restrict access. So 
I, I like using my Google Voice and I use it as my primary number with folks because um, because I can control where people are sent when they call me. Right. So that that's my reason that I feel most comfortable giving it out. And uh, it's not that I don't. And the other part of it is I don't want to use my cell phone unless I have to. I mean, I don't have an unlimited, you know, I don't have an unlimited cell phone plan. So um, and I try to push people to where I, I, I'm where I am at. And that's not always it's usually, frankly, in my in my office. So it, it rings with my Skype number. Um, it rings with my cell phone, but I just primarily don't like to talk on my cell phone as much. So, um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a, oh, my gosh, go do this thing now sort of announcement by any means. Uh, it's more of a, if you were just starting off or, or, or waiting to sign up for Google Voice, then my, my, now might be a good time. But, uh, you know, those phone numbers are pretty sacred. So yeah. that's why I like that I still have all of my numbers. I just happen to add my Google Voice as sort of a filter in front of all those other numbers. Right. The other thing is that um, when it comes to Google Voice, I, I use Google Voice. I mean, that's where everybody calls. I mean, I always have it there. The question is whether or not I would ever port you know, the number that everybody's always had for me. And the problem is, 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 is if you're, let's just say the number you've always had and always wanted and always used is your cell phone and mm-hmm. uh, you want to port that over to Google Voice and have Google Voice manage it from that point forward. The issue is that once you port a number away from a cell phone, it cancels your account. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a crazy scenario there. And um, I don't know. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's cool that the... Number portability is there. I think it's going to be perfect for people who are just signing up. Uh, but even still, the the issue is is I think it's going to be most helpful to people who are going to be using Google Voice for the very first time. They're porting a number over and they intend to cancel the service that they had previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how many times that will actually apply. Uh, number yeah. portability makes a ton of sense when you're moving from one cell phone carrier to the next. Which there might be quite a few people doing that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but going back to Google Voice, one other thing I'd like to say is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if you dial my, let's just say if you have a regular phone, uh, either cell phone or, or a regular phone, uh, and you're dialing my number, you've got a pretty much a, a, a decent connection through me. Although I, if, I also believe that there's a possibility that even most of the big tell carriers now are using some form of voice over IP, right? Yes, yes, definitely. So, so even, even if even, they don't call it that, yeah, they don't. Of, you want a landline? Great, and then they bring this modem. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I don't. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking about, uh, um, you know, I'm talking about. You, you still have all the analog stuff in your house, but but in the switching boxes and in the and the telephone company's cabling system and stuff like that, it's, it's voice over IP. Tony's in the chat room saying everybody's on vo- is voice over IP now. Uh, and he says at least the long distance stuff is. So, okay. so here's, here's the thing, though. I have noticed this on occasion. See, when you have somebody who's dialing you through Google Voice, and that phone then gets forwarded over to your, your regular phone, you're going definitely through Google Voices voice over IP. And I've had issues where there was latency on a telephone call with a client before. Hmm. And that's not cool. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think I maybe mentioned this before. I've had an issue where I, I don't ever use the call recording feature on there, though they have it, because I, I turned on the call recording. I don't know if you hit four or something. I haven't done it in so long. But and it only works on incoming calls. You can't do it on an outgoing call. But I, I, I tried to use it, and you know, after 25 minutes, I hung up the phone and waited for the recording to show up, and it never did. So, you know, it, sometimes it gets what you, what you pay for. So f- for the things I use it for, I love it. But I, I, I don't, I don't use it for all necessarily the other things that, like you know, the voice transcription is a joke. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, uh, it's literally. If I wanted to laugh, I would turn it on, but I wouldn't turn it on to to have it actually function because it yeah. just doesn't. So, 
Well, I, I tell you, I, I, I usually don't have any problems. And a majority of the time, you know, nobody even notices that we're using, that they've called me through Google Voice. They, they just figure they called my called me and I picked up, sure. you know, the phone and, and everything's good. But I did. That's all I care about. Yeah. I, did, I did have one time when I had a pretty decent issue. All right. So tell me about the Amazon card deal and customer acquisition. Well, it got me thinking uh, for, for those who didn't turn on a computer yesterday. I mean, I <laughs> I went on my Facebook uh, wall last night at like eight o'clock and it was like every other post was Amazon deal, Amazon deal. So uh, for those who hadn't heard, Living Social, a uh, Groupon-like service, uh, had a 50% off a gift card. You can only buy one. Um, and if you used a, a link and you sent it out to people as I did, you could actually get it free um, if three people purchased through your link. And it just got me thinking about... Um, what are, what are the ways that the, our listeners have considered the cost of acquiring a customer? Because maybe that's going to get people to Amazon that haven't been, or maybe it's going to get people that you know haven't been in a while. And obviously, it's going to get regular users like myself that you know, I buy something from Amazon every other week. But I was thinking about what is the cost of customer acquisition and how you and I, uh, for our own customer acquisition, we have used podcasting as a, and blog posts as a way of getting customers uh, acquired into our business. So just got me thinking about what is the cost of it for Amazon, and obviously it costs them $10 uh, minus whatever the, um, or plus whatever uh, living social takes, which I think is 2 or 5% or something like that. But uh, ju- just wanting our, our, our listeners to think about um, what are ways that you can, uh, through technology, uh, figure out a way to acquire customers. And I was going to consult with a, a company this week. We decided to not work together because they just didn't share my vision for what I thought they should be doing. But uh, they, I, I was sharing with them how I feel like Facebook is a perfect spla- space for them to acquire customers and how inexpensive it can be to acquire customers through a, a healthy Facebook uh, fan page presence. And um, they just really, didn't, just really didn't see it that way. And so I, we're not working together. But there's, there's, I think social media makes customer acquisitions very affordable. And that deal yesterday was an example of it. Right. Well, I, I tell you, I, one of the things that I've been thinking about is uh, uh, getting customers for my digital training products uh, here in 2011. The first quarter, I have a goal for the first three months, <clears throat> sometime within the first three months of uh, this new year. I have a goal to um, start an affiliate program for my digital video training products, mm-hmm. and one of the things that you know the the cost of ac- acquiring new clients that way uh, is it, it's it's free technically um, because what what I plan on doing is I have these digital training products that you can purchase, and I plan on giving a very generous commission to anybody who refers and generates a sale of one of my products and of course Mm -hmm. uh you know those folks out there especially a lot of podcasters who are talking about podcasting a lot and and other things you know i could um you know they could refer people to buy a training product from me and then all of a sudden they're making a generous profit from the fact that somebody's bought, bought something from me and it doesn't cost me anything to make that product available to them so all the time i would always be making money that i wouldn't have had otherwise Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, affiliate sales, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fail, fan of some affiliate sales. And uh, so that's something that I'm getting ready to do. And of course, the, the big thing with affiliate sales is whether or not it's a product or service that you wholeheartedly believe in and you feel like you would use yourself or know for a fact it would help somebody that's looking for the, you know, that particular product or service. And so uh, that's something that uh, I believe in my products, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be paying, or making them or charging people for them. So, uh, and so I, I definitely am looking forward to doing that. So that's, that's one of the ways that I'll be acquiring some new clients in, the, in hopefully the not-too-distant future. Yeah, it really, you go from addition to multiplication when you start talking about affiliates because you go from me, I, I purchased a couple of your tutorials, mm-hmm. to me... And everyone else that's ever purchased one, you know, then having the ability to spread that message out um, to other people. It's funny, I call it a message instead of a product, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. So one thing that um, Art of Nonconformity author uh, does is he requires you to make a purchase in order to be a part of the affiliate program. 
Nice. Is that something you're going to do? I haven't thought about that, but I mean... I, I think it's phenomenal, um, and his products uh, are, you know, they're, I think, I don't know how the cheapest one is, but it's a few hundred dollars for his for his uh, products, and some of them are more than that. But uh, I, I, I like that because I know that there is uh, administrative responsibility, and I also think that it, it, it obviously creates uh, much more uh informed affiliates yeah i mean it, it you know anybody could go sign up then right and then they're i i just i don't know i, I like the spirit of what he did in that i think it um i don't know i just I, I, if i if i when i have an affiliate program i'm definitely going to require a purchase in order to to uh, to be a part of it because i i want i want people to be able to speak well of the product and not just jump on the bandwagon so to speak right very interesting. So, if, if folks, if you have ideas of acquiring uh, cl- new clients and, and thoughts of, related to that, and especially how you can do it through technology, uh, such as, you know, with Amazon's, you know, uh, way of doing these gift cards or through affiliates or anything else, we would love to hear your feedback. We'll give you the number at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to move right along. We got some feedback this week, and uh, we've got Brent Green who called in, and he uh, has a site over there at uh, is it leadershipequip.org? Is that right? Uh, we'll, we'll check. We'll go check that out as uh, Brent uh, is going to ask his question right here. Hey, Cliff and Andy, this is Brent Green calling in for Business Tech Weekly. Hey, had a quick question for you. We have uh, recently, well, I've recently gotten an iPad and I'm loving it. I uh, w- what I've realized though is our videos on our website are in Flash. Um, I kind of give our VA a lot of freedom to kind of do what he wants on how he posts those. And I didn't realize they were in Flash, so of course that's not going to play on the iPad. So wanted to get some input from you guys. What format should I use, or, or what are some options on format for our videos on our website? Hey, thanks very much. Appreciate what you guys do. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. It's funny this question's come in. By the way, uh, leadershipequip.org or leadershipequip.com. Uh, you can check out uh, this, the stuff that he's doing over there. Anyway, it's funny that Brent calls this in because uh, I, normally I would have said, well, you know, if you wanted to make the video itself, just to, you, you didn't have to worry about players and third-party services and and stuff like that. I would have certainly told you all about, you know, having creating your video and turning it into um, an H.264 uh, encoded video with uh, and, and make sure that you use the MP4 wrapper on it uh, so that, that, you know, it becomes available to be used in pretty much every place out there. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that Google just announced this past week or within the last, uh, yeah, it's within the last week, I think, Google announced that they're going to stop supporting H.264 by default within the browser, you'll need a plugin to do that in the Google Chrome moving forward. And they're starting to put their, you know, their technology influence weight behind uh, a, a product that they've just purchased, a technology that they purchased, uh, which is WebM, uh, and they're going to make it open source. So uh, my my recommendation would be this. As long as you don't violate the services of Vimeo, my number one recommendation would be use Vimeo because then you can do uh, thumbnails. And Vimeo will, if you embed a video from Vimeo on your site, it is HTML5 compatible and it will work on your iPad and iPhones. Uh, so Vimeo is one option, and of course, there's no limits and stuff over there. Now, I don't know about you, Andy, but uh, YouTube removed my 15-minute restriction on limit on my YouTube account. Yeah, they removed mine too. So, uh, and I think they're roll, slowly rolling that out to everybody. And so now you can upload up to two gigabytes via the web, and they even have a special downloader that you can upload. If you had a, let's just say you had an hour and 20-minute video that was, you know, four and a half gigs in size... Uh, they have a special JavaScript program you can use to upload your long videos to YouTube. The only problem is, is YouTube is is there. There's the benefit of YouTube. The reason why I want to make them my number one recommendation is due to the fact that they're such an amazing distribution channel. There, you, you got so much SEO that you can do with keywords and titles and and so many other things with YouTube. You, I mean, it's just amazing. The only thing is, is I'll, oftentimes I want to create these videos and I want to put them on my site. 
And obviously, I don't want them to autoplay. And they choose one of three thumbnails, and it's always me looking like an idiot. And of course, <laughs> you might argue, well, gosh, Cliff, if you pause, <laughs> if you take a little close, you might, you might say you look like an idiot. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I can never get a thumbnail from YouTube that looks anything like what I would possibly yeah, be comfortable with. Yeah, it seems with. like such a small thing, but it, it's, you know, it's the face of your video. And um, yeah, and I, I want to say that there's a formula that maybe... Yeah, they're 25%, 50%, and 75%. You know, the thing oh. is, though, I actually went in and spent like a long time. The thing is, is you have to actually put a, you have to put a freeze frame in there Right, right, right. And it's, and it's so kind of you've like got a video and it's like, and now I'll pause for my thumbnail, you it, know? That's exactly what it is. Ah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Unless you're a partner uh, with YouTube and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that eventually I'm going to be able to get to the point where I, I would be able to easily get a partner status. So we'll, we'll see how things go moving forward in the near future. Although by the time I would be, you know, work myself up to it, by then they'll roll out to where everybody can upload a thumbnail. I can't believe they won't let us do that. They won't. But hey, they're finally, they, they upped it from 10 minutes to 15 minutes, and now they've dropped the 15-minute limit. I'm pretty excited about that, I, I must say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, YouTube is, uh, I read an article about them this week. Uh, I think it was in uh, Fast Company, uh, just about how they're turning some serious profit at YouTube now. So people were quite curious about that acquisition, but they're finding a way. And... Uh, this is the uh, tech candy tip for the week is uh, I f- found a, um, a, a family that does a daily video blog on YouTube every day. And this is his full time job. They're huge Dave Ramsey fans or a family in, uh, or in Utah. And uh, they're called the Shaytards, S-H-A-Y-T-A-R-D-S. And uh, like they have three kids. So like the youngest is called Baby Tard. Yep. And the mom is mommy tard and they're, they are, and the dad is like Jack Black reincarnate. So anyway, it's, it's a great example of, he loves Dan Miller stuff. So for example, of finding the work you love, um, and, um, and using technology, which they do. So anyway, sorry, I had to do that aside, but be prepared. Don't do that at work because you will get sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> here's the, here's the deal though, Brent is I would definitely recommend at this point uploading your videos into either YouTube or Vimeo. Yeah. Um, I think blip.tv might yeah. also work, uh, so you could check them out as well. But uh, if if it were down, to, if it were me, uh, I would I would either do Vimeo or YouTube. And the only reason I would choose Vimeo uh, if it was going to be something that wasn't going to be like on a static page of my site or a page, you know, a landing page that somebody's going to come to on a Google result. I want to. I don't want to look like I've just had like you know a fifth of vodka. Um, you know, it's like. I, yeah, it's it's crazy some well, of the screen and, captures you know, they, they got. Yeah, you can. What well, they give you more, and you can, you know, as you mentioned, upload your own individual image. Yeah, I make I make my own high, super high quality seven or twelve eighty by seven twenty p image in uh, in um, Photoshop and upload it in. I make my own YouTube uh, or my own uh, video thumbnails. Yeah, and I and, and I want to do one make one, mention one more thing is I recall. That there is a setting, and I don't know if you do it for each video or not, but I thought I remember seeing, uh, you know, make this mobile ready or make this HTML5 or something like that. And I just, I'm throwing that caution out there because I thought that they were all HTML5 compatible in Vimeo. That's what I'm talking about. But the other day I saw this option for turning it on or something like that. So anyway, just just kind of poke around and um, and make sure that uh, there are they are compatible. You've turned that setting on. I don't know if it's a one-time thing or not. So. Yeah. Just go through your account settings and look to see. Yes, exactly. What you're looking for is HTML5 compatibility. Bingo. Or HTML5 embedding is what they'll call it. All righty. Uh, let's see. Moving along, we got a question from Eric Fisher, uh, co-host from uh, Social Media Serenity. So, Eric, take it away. Hey, Cliff and Andy. This is Eric Fisher. Wait a second. Is he calling from the bathroom? Seriously. <laughs> okay, Eric, Eric, go ahead. Hey, Cliff and Andy, this is Eric Fisher, and I wanted to ask what your current situation with the program High Rise is. I know you guys were using that at one point. I know that changed at least for one of you at some point, and I just was curious because I'm looking for something along the lines of what I know that that can do. 
Uh, I used to be a user of that. I haven't used it in a while. I, you know, basically meant to sit down and do it, but I'm finding there's a, there is a need now for me to have a, for lack of better words, digital Rolodex to keep track of key pieces of information that are not just the biographical information or contact information for people I interact with in real life and on the web. And just wondered what you guys were using to track that for yourselves and if you have any other alternatives. What are you using now? Do you like it? And do you have any other ideas for options for other people out there? Because much like different Twitter um, uh, you know, user interfaces and things like that, whether it's TweetDeck, Hootsuite, whether it's a mobile or not, and or the, the website itself, it's what I found is that it all comes down to personal preference. And so maybe there's something that works good for you that may have an alternative out there that somebody else would use. And so just anyway, looking for your thoughts on that. And uh, I hope you have a great show. Thanks. All right, Eric, thank you so very much. Uh, and we'll let Andy go first. I am still using High Rise. I love High Rise. And I'll talk a little bit about it and some recent changes they just made. Uh, but Andy, what are you using these days to manage relationships and to keep track of everything? I use a service called Batchbook. Uh, they are out of Massachusetts. And um, yeah, it, it's it's contact management. It, it handles to-dos and you can create uh, custom tags. So if I, I have a tag called referral. So if I get a referral and I go to add someone, I can type in the word referral as a tag. It opens up three or four uh, unique um, fields like who referred them to me, what, you know, what's the, what's their main need and what's their budget. So uh, it, uh, you know, I, I don't see a, a huge difference when it comes to the, the data that you put in all, a lot of these services. It's the interface I think is the big difference and, uh, or the way they talk to each other. Um, so a lot of them have APIs where you can, you know, connect FreshBooks to BatchBook. You can connect MailChimp to HiRise, so on and so forth. Um, and, and all honestly, I love BatchBook I really, and I use it. I, I don't see myself leaving. But if HiRise would have talked to Basecamp, uh, I wouldn't have left. And that's why I did, because I was using Basecamp a lot. Now I'm back to using Basecamp, uh, and HiRise now incorporates and talks to, to their other product. And, um, but I, I'm not going to go to the trouble to switch back over. So it's not a cost thing. Batchbook's a lot cheaper. It's like nine bucks. But honestly, when you're talking about you know managing your contacts, I, I think high rise is incredibly affordable for what you use it for. Right. So. And and by the way, I I want to I want to say something because I just heard you say you know when you talk about cost and when you say you know well when you think about the cost you you know you think that hey you're managing your contacts and 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 I I for just a second I stepped outside of my own experience. And I thought about what I might be thinking as an average person when I hear I'm paying a monthly fee to manage my contacts. It's like, dude, I've got I've got an iPhone that I can put an unlimited number of contacts in. I mean, I can put their address in yeah. there. I can put yeah, that's th- a good point. It's different. Th- we're talking. We're not talking about just man. I mean, yes, high rise. Yes, batch book. Yes, they do contacts and they put your the name, address, and phone numbers, and emails, and links to their websites, and Twitter IDs, and Skype IDs. Yes, we do all of that. But it's not. It is not necessarily a contact manager. It, this is a relationship management system, mm-hmm. and and that's something your your contact list on your iPhone is not going to be able to do. Um, so so basically, what I I love is number one. I like the fact that when I enter in Andy's information for the very first time, I can put it in a little background field that it tells me how I first met Andy. You know, or I can say, you know, Andy, you know, told me about his wife and kids and I, and I can put little notes about what I know about his wife and kids as a result of the conversation we had. Um, you know, I can actually track uh, just by doing when I like if you were to send me an email, anybody out there, if you send me an email and you get a response from me, that response had a blind carbon copy that I type in one. Actually, I type in two keystrokes, DR. And it, and it pre-fills an address called my Dropbox address. And every email that I send to you, gets all, it also gets sent to my high-rise, and it immediately puts that, re, that, that message 
under your contact name. Now, you might be thinking, well, it's like, well, I use Gmail, and of course, I can search for anybody's name and find those relationships and, and find those conversations. It's like, yeah, but there's something different about managing everything in all one place, and and it, for me, it's it's huge. It's, it's, it's really big because I can actually sit there and have a note, and all of a sudden, that email that you and I just exchanged, now I can go into high-rise and create a to-do item for my assistant to go and do something for me related to that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to sit in my inbox. Right. It's in my con- It's in my relationship management software. And right. not to mention the fact that, you know, you got these tags and other things that you can, you can really get some rich data in there and you can, it, it's just, it's, it uh, really it's about, is amazing. So I think a lot of it's about sorting people Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds so like, <laughs> you know, like we're higher than people or something. But, you know, it's it's sorting people uh, in, in a way that helps you organize. Like one of my tags is lead. If, if I if I have a conversation with someone and they're a lead, I give them a, a lead tag. And so then I can at any time in my week on Thursdays, I can check my leads and go, OK, oh, I haven't followed up with this person, you know. Right. So and I know that. Uh, I mean, I wish I could fast forward about three years from now and, and Google Apps right inside the you know, it probably would have a lot of these things, but right now it just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. I find that to-do um, abilities within Gmail and I, I, they're lacking, right? They're just so. What what a lot of people would say, I don't need to do this because I do a lot of that in Gmail uh, or or Google Apps, or whatever. But I really, in my opinion, feel like the relationship management is the really valuable versus, like you said, and I appreciate clarifying that versus just contact management. It's not. It's not just that. It's when you have a meeting with someone on the phone, you can take notes and put it in their file. You can't do that on Gmail, right? I right. Mean, you could. It's like you're, everything looks the same, right? Yep. So, uh, you know, and it, it, like I said, if you use FreshBooks, it can incorporate with that so you can track your hours uh, on uh, working with a client and it automatically update FreshBooks, which you can then kick out an invoice to them. Right. Uh, and obviously, those all come at different levels. Um and, and and again, those who go to High Rise, Cliff, you have, you have a link for that. For uh, yeah, just go to it's it's HighriseHQ.com, I believe is what it is. Okay. So if you go there, understand it, but you're going to see some plans below that in very small writing. There's probably going to be linked to some some a couple other plans. They did not get rid of some plans; they just moved them away from their front page. Uh, and I actually paid for Basecamp. I paid fifty bucks for the first month when I only needed a twenty-four dollar plan. Because they moved the 24-hour plan off of the front page uh, boldly, but it was still in there. I had to go back and find it, so I learned my lesson. But just for those who might go and sign up for it, uh, I, I frankly think it's worth every penny and more. I mean, I, whatever your service is. I didn't switch because of price, but um, yeah, it, I, and, I, and I would say, Cliff, the, the, the redesign of HiRise, because I still have a free account, the redesign is, is awesome. Awesome. It, it is. They they messed up one one or two things in my opinion. I'll share a little bit about that. But um, the other thing I, I want to do is I just typed in the name Andy Traub into High Rise. The mm-hmm. the first thing I get is a picture of you. Oh. All right. And then I've got your phone number and your your email address. I'm looking over here on the right hand side. I got links to all of your you know social media presence. I see your most recent tweets. Uh, yes. Taking the morning off to hang with this chick, and you've got a little picture there. I could link click to. Uh, I see background. My daughter, by the I, way. I see background information. Your plus member number three hundred four. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, let's see here. I see Andy is my co-host for Business Tech Weekly. Just in case I forget that. Uh, and I, I see a list of people that you've referred to me. And not only that, but I see a. I have a little thing over here called deals, and I see how much money you've paid me for mm-hmm. products and or services. Yeah. And so I see that. Not only that, but I also see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then I could go. You know, I can keep paging, paging back. But I see ten of the most recent email conversations you and I had back and forth with each other. Yep, this is amazing stuff. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, I I, I had somebody the other actually it was maybe today. You know, I had somebody send me a Twitter message saying, Cliff, you know, hey, I'm trying to raise money for awareness of this or I'm trying to. Re-, and, and and I'm like, uh, you know, I don't recognize who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked in high rise and all of a sudden this is a person I had one email conversation with, mm-hmm. you know, a year and a half ago. Right. 
And I mean, now could I have found that? Yeah, I could have found it in Google, but I was able to find out immediately who this person was. I found out exactly where I met this person. I mean, there are so many different things that, that high-rise will tell me that other services won't tell me. Mm-hmm. And so I really like it. Now, they did redesign things. Um, obviously, you know, we're creatures of habit and we, we, we don't like things to change all the time. Uh, I would say I'm, I'm very happy with about 95% of all the things that they did, um, in changing things around. The only thing I'm not a fan of is just how small the right column is. Mm. Um, so for example, the background information now, when I actually have like, I'll put in a little link to like another section of the form it kind of goes off the side of the page i don't i don't like the the look and feel of that and the other thing is is my deals on the right hand side now i know that a lot of people who don't know what deals are and how that all works Um, my deals still show me the most recent deals and it shows me how much money you know i made from that deal but in the past it, the deals used to tell me what the total was, the total amount of profit or income that came in from you as a client or as a you know contributor right. or whatever the case may be. And now I, I no longer under Andy Traub see the total number. I actually have to, I still see all the deals, but I'd actually have to, you know, mentally either add it up or... So they took the total off? They took the total off. I have no idea why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so matter of fact, I need to send a signal to or send a tweet out to thirty seven signals and see if I get a response there. Because the other day, the other thing I'm like thinking is like, okay, you went through all this trouble to give me a redesign. Now, Andy, I I don't have your address in here, but uh, if I had your address in my system, then on the top it gives me about a three hundred pixel wide by a hundred and fifty pixel high image of a map showing me where in the United States you live. Right. Excuse me. All I need to do is see what's, what the two-digit you know code is for your state, and I think I might be able to figure out where you live. I don't need a big, huge, and not to mention very ugly-looking map on this page. Yeah. But, but still, they're giving me like a, like I mean, probably a 100 by 100 pixel image of you. Yeah. It's like I want bigger pictures and take away the map. That's that's and give me my, my give me my total numbers back. Otherwise, I will say I absolutely love high rise and I would not want to do my business without it. Yeah, yeah. There you it's go. It's a great it's a great service, great company. That's one of those that we don't worry about them going out of business. Yeah, and and Jason Freed, by the way, responded to my thing. I, I sent him at response over there um, to ask him about the images. He says, listen, you know, as far as I know, we're, we're storing the original size that you upload. And so in the future, you know, we, you know, we have that feet, we have the ability to, to, to make the, to make the, uh, to give you a larger image of your, your contacts. And I said, and the, the question was, you know, Hey, you went through all the trouble of making this redesign, but dude, why is the picture of my, of my, contact so small isn't that what i mean aren't they the people these are the people right. it, it's all about them right right and it's right. like i want a picture i want to be able to see who these people i want to i want to feel a more personal connection when i look into a contact information page yep very cool all right what's next uh let's pull her up here we have uh well i think i'm trying to think if i put these in here or not but um i, I put them I in but you you okay. brought it up uh, the other day yeah, and it's about avoiding free WordPress themes. And, you know, it's so funny because this person basically wrote an article because they did a Google search and then they did some search searching of the code of the first 10 results uh, that they got searching for free WordPress themes. And 10 out of 10, they found what could potentially be malicious code, tracking code, things like that. And, um, you know, I think I tweeted out the article to someone and they said, well, you know, it doesn't mean that they're all bad. And I didn't say they were all bad. I just think you should be careful when you're looking for free WordPress themes that the 10 most popular <laughs> links on Google uh, have potentially malicious code. So uh, we love WordPress. It's a phenomenal platform and obviously it's exploded and continues to grow and develop and get better. But uh, we, we say this on the show a lot, but uh, nothing is is really free. <laughs> it always costs you something. Uh, and in this case, it may cost you a lot if you you know are putting passwords and things like that uh, or just content that uh, it could be compromised. Yeah, so beware. Absolutely. 
Alrighty. Take the next one. The, the next one here is uh, there's a fun article that I saw on Mashable. It's called uh, "How WordPress Themes Work." It's an infographic. Love those. And uh, of course, if you've never seen one, it's it's like a really neat graphic image that people put together that is really helps you wrap your mind around something visually. So they take concepts that sometimes are very difficult to are difficult or boring to understand. Uh, and, 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 and they make them easier to understand and digest through giving you an image that clearly articulates how things are working out. Anyway, we're not going to go through and tell you how the WordPress theme works. We're just going to tell you that all the links to all the stories that we talk about here today, you can find at businesstechweekly.com, episode 65 in the show notes. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, so you can ch- click through that link and check that out. Uh, also, goo.gl. Uh, Google's URL shortener uh, recently announced that they're uh, putting out an API or they've put out an API, which means third-party services like tweet, you know, Twitter clients and and hopefully maybe even WordPress plugins and some other things might be able to take advantage of these uh, Google URLs. And if anything else, I, I, what I would like is probably uh, a you know some kind of custom ad, uh, management dashboard that lets me to go through the stats in a in a better way than what's on the google goo.gl site mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm excited that they have a an api yeah all righty uh let's see here skype did you hear skype acquired quick uh it's the live streaming company for 100 million dollars <laughs> yeah which which means a couple things one skype has some cash yeah, uh, and, and two that they are looking to continue to develop their service. So yeah, that's a that's a good thing because you know as I think we've talked about in the past, but uh, you know a lot of people have, have had questions about Skype's profitability, and uh, they did have a major outage in the last month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I, it's encouraging to see them continue to um, to acquire to improve, which is you know a lot of a lot of uh, acquisitions are either for the personnel uh, or for the technology. And this one is probably both, but uh, I like it when services that I use are continuing to go and um, try to make themselves better, which they likely will. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on that. So I, w- I wonder if they're going to also have like some kind of thing to compete with like a Ustream.tv or something like that uh, with this new quick service. Uh, and especially love the fact that, you know, of course, you know, they did buy, um, or they did have allow start allowing us to do you know the video chat via 3G now on the yeah. iPhone. I think that's yeah, pretty my, cool. I'll tell you with the grandparents, I just get ring up my mom and say turn on your Mac, and I got my iPod Touch, and she loves it. I yeah. love it. Cool. Hey, uh, some of the times we'll come across uh, the the need to write what we call sales copy. All right. And, uh, and, and one of the things that, that you kind of can get writer's block and uh, I found somebody that I follow on Twitter. Uh, he goes by solo biz coach over at solobizcoach.com. I'll put a link to this article and he, he did a great blog post called sales copy made simple. And I just want to read to you, uh, the eight elements that you might want to consider when you're creating some kind of information that you're putting on your site for people to make them want to purchase your product if it's right for them. Uh, number one, write a good headline that's catchy and stuff like that. Uh, number two, talk directly to your customer uh, instead of you know talking you know as if you're speaking to them. Uh, di- discuss your customer's problem. So you know, assuming your pro- your product is going to uh, uh, solve a problem that they have, talk about your customer's problem. Explain to them that you understand that they have this problem. Uh, tell them your story, uh, meaning that you know, hey, I'm I'm right there with you, and that's why I developed this program. Um, and then, of course, prove that your product works. Uh, and of course, you can you can do that through testimonials, whatever the case may be. Um, and then, of course, uh, erase your customers' concerns about buying. You can do that through offering, you know, money back trial or you know, money back trial or whatever, or money back guarantee is what I mean. There you go. Uh, so you you know, erase their concerns about buying, uh, and then offer an incentive for ordering now. And you can do that by saying, you know, for a limited time only, this or whatever the, the case may be, or if you order... I like, the, I like the idea of immediate download. I mean, I think that one and alone, it's like, you don't have to wait for this. You, yeah. know, you can have it right now. Yep. That's an incentive. 
And then, of course, number eight uh, goes along with, I think, number six, which is it says offer a money back guarantee or other warranty. Uh, There's some great other additional information. He actually goes through and talks about each of these elements. And uh, anyway, his name is Fred. He's solobizcoach.com. And um, I'll put a link to this over there. Uh, You you can check him out. So anyway, thanks a lot, Fred, for an awesome, awesome uh, blog post there. Yeah, great looking site too. So check check them out over there. Very cool. Hey, I got uh, yeah, I know we got a run here in just a minute. So uh, I just want to let people know that uh, mobile 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 payments are coming, so we can I start. Think this is awesome. Paying... I really am excited about this. Sk- uh, what is it? It is um, oh, what's that company? That the coffee company. What's their name? Starbucks. Starbucks. That's it. I've I never drink that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Starbucks. Um, is starting to do a thing where they, with your iPhone app, you can, uh, you know, have that attached to, a, I guess, a credit card or whatever, and you can click to buy now, and then it pulls up like one of those, like a QR code or some kind of, you know, it's funky. yeah, code, and then they have these scanners in the store. You just hold your phone up to it, and it scans, and it's like, yep, yep, you paid, and you're done. Yeah, and I think the process is you have to purchase a gift card, and then you can reload the gift card or whatever. But uh, there's also a connection to PayPal to reload it. So you don't necessarily have to use your credit card. You know, they're not, they're not, you're not using your credit card information on the card. And, and the fact that it's exclusive to Starbucks, I mean, a good question was asked, which is what happens when you lose your iPhone or whatever? Um, you know, can people just go on a spending spree? And, and maybe, maybe yes, but they're only going to buy coffee. So, yeah. And, and they probably, you could probably figure out where they bought the coffee because they probably would keep track of that. Yeah. So, and I'm sure and, that, that, that they must have the ability to go in and put like a, a passcode on it or whatever the case may be. Sure. Anyway, uh, one other thing here, Virgin Mobile MiFi changes their unlimited plan. Uh, so I, it was reported by my good friend Chris Biting that they were going to do away with unlimited, unlimited data, uh, and it turns out that they're not. Uh, however, they are limiting the, the, the base, they're going to give you unaffected, no change whatsoever for the first five gigabytes of data. If you go beyond five gigabytes with their unlimited plan, the $40 a month uh, that you get mm-hmm. through... Um, uh, Virgin Mobile US. The cool thing is, is they're not going to shut you off. They are not going to charge you more money. They are simply going to throttle your speed down to where you won't be able to stream video anymore. You'll <laughs> Which, still be able you know, to. It, that's I like, great. I like that they do that. It, it's you know, it's, I can get something. I'm okay with a slower connection, but if you just cut me off, it's like cold turkey. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So so the wean thing, me off a little bit. You know. You can still get your emails. You can still browse the web. Your browsing the web might just be a little bit slower, but not a whole lot. But uh, that's only if you go over five gigabytes. Five gigabytes is a ton, and it's only forty bucks, and it's mobile, and it's practically almost everywhere. And and the thing is, is that you know, hey, if you're out there streaming videos all the time, by golly, pay some extra money. And the cool thing is, is if you actually start a new forty day. Uh, forty dollar thing, boom! Immediately, it's gone. You know the the limit that speed reduction is gone. Oh, gotcha. Hey, I Andy. Uh, last thing here, uh, yeah. some changes. Uh, we talked last week that we were considering some changes here at GSPN. Uh, good news for people who are listening to Business Tech Weekly who have been thinking about being becoming a Plus member but haven't been able to do so for whatever reason at this point. Uh, we have great news. You from this point forward, from January two thousand eleven forward. Every episode of Business Tech Weekly is now available for free every week on the free feed that you can find in iTunes. Uh, And that's from this point forward. And it's not just for Business Tech Weekly, but that's true for every single show, every single episode of every show that we produce here at GSPN. That's about seven to 15 podcast episodes every week available for free to everybody in the world. Uh, I did an extremely long <laughs> blog post explaining why this decision and uh, how things are moving forward with Plus Membership. We still have Plus Membership. It's over at gspn.tv slash plus. If you are an existing Plus member, please do me a favor and read that before you just go and cancel your Plus Membership. Um, uh, there, there's some information over there. Not only that, but uh, Plus Membership now... Uh, anybody who has been a plus member in the past, if you have, if you had to drop because you got laid off or your financial crisis or whatever the case may be, if you've been a plus member in the past, you're now a plus member for life. Uh, so any time in the past, if you've ever been a plus member, you are still a plus member today, and you still have all the existing benefits that were there before. But guess what? There are a, several new benefits for plus mm-hmm. membership. And mm-hmm. here's the deal. 
plus membership from this point forward is still going to be a suggested contribution of $10 per month. But here's the deal. You can do uh, you can do a monthly contribution higher than that or there are $2 amounts lower than $10 a month if you choose to do it that way. Or you can make a one-time contribution of any amount and you become a Plus member. And my friends, that does mean that you can make a contribution of $1 and you'll be a Plus member for life. I was waiting life. for you to say $1 million. One dollar. You can also do You can $1 do $1 million. But, sure, uh, but that PayPal, you know, let, let, if you do want to do that, call Cliff first. You know, it'd probably be better to take PayPal out of that equation. Yeah, let's do that so that we don't give them 3% of your million. <laughs> All right. But anyway, uh, there's a whole lot of reason why we're doing this. Um, and uh, I'm putting a lot at risk uh, financially. But my my feeling and, and my hope is that that it really wasn't just the content that we were holding back from you that, that drove you to... to uh, want to to pay for the content here, but it was is really to support the content that we produce. And we really wanted to remove the barrier for two things. Uh, we wanted to remove the barrier to get the amount of content that we produce because we believe it's a valuable content that can really benefit people's lives personally and in their business. Uh, mm-hmm. And also we wanted to remove the barrier uh, or at least drop uh, potentially every barrier you can think of from joining the community. And one final thing I just want to say Head over, if you will please, go over to uh, gspncommunity.com. And that's really loud. GSP, <laughs> GSPN community. Now they're listening. What's yeah. that? So now they're listening. We got their attention. Yeah. And yeah, so gspncommunity.com. Uh, I love what you've done over there. Again, it's all things that you do. You know, you were thorough and um, I was going to say anal, but thorough uh, <laughs> <laughs> about, uh, about setting it up. And uh, I'm already really benefiting from that community. And I think it's become a a tremendous window for the community to interact with each other um, and and place for that. And I'm just going to, you know, and I know I mentioned this before, Cliff, but I'm I'm a member. I'm a paying member. I'm not going to stop being a paying member. Um, And and people might think, why why are you paying your your co-host? Doesn't, you know, don't you add value to Cliff? Well, yeah, but Cliff adds value to me and my family and my life and my business. And so, um, so I'm, I'm not going to, to lower, um, I don't know, maybe I'll go up, but, uh, so please read those posts, check out that online community before you make any changes. If you are a current plus member, and if you're not, then welcome to all the content. We're happy to give it to you. Absolutely. Every single week, my friends, if you are an existing Plus member, there is nothing for you to change at all as far as your Plus member feeds. For those of you who have questions, uh, we're going. if you just go over to gspn.tv slash plus, all of your questions will be answered there. And if not, there's a link to a frequently asked questions page and you can even add your new questions. So... Anyway, my friends, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we encourage you to head over to gspn.tv slash plus and join the community. Mm-hmm.